originally when I had the idea for this episode, I wanted to gather a bunch of men and have a discussion um, about, you know, some of the unanswered questions that young men might have for older men, young women might have, uh, older women might have, or whoever, or just, you know, peer-to-peer conversations that you don't get to hear or have in typical spaces. Um, Me have been introduced to spaces where men can congregate and have real conversations about things that they wouldn't normally be comfortable talking about. Being vulnerable in front of other men inspired me to do this. Now, technology let me down, and I lost a good portion of the episode. However, I was able to salvage some of it, and I still think it was important to share. So, uh, this episode is going to sound a little different. Uh, There's a glitch here and there, uh, but I had to kind of basically tweak the format in order to communicate some of this to y'all now. I got a lot of good questions off of Instagram and they got answered in the episode in its original form was I felt brilliant and I was really upset and discouraged for a couple days when I couldn't salvage this episode. But I'm going to do my best to, uh, to deliver the message and try to answer some of the questions myself from my own personal perspective. I enlisted the help of Uh, my friend Brenda to co-host the episode. I want to be clear that the questions that come up are not hers. Some of the follow-up questions, uh, you know, that was totally her and uh, she was brilliant with that. Um, It was genuine and which is why I asked her to participate. And I'm excited to, you know, at least share what I have. Uh, Also, friends Derek and Chris Chris who I've known a long time and uh, we've been friends for a good number of years and had some experiences together he was good enough to show himself uh, he's not someone that you know that you can find on social media or anywhere he doesn't come outside for uh, just anything so I was really honored that he joined us Derek uh, is a friend of mine who started a men's group, the men's group that I spoke of earlier, and uh, he created that space. And I thought both of these brothers did a good job communicating from their perspectives. Uh, all our perspectives aren't the same. You know, black men are not a monolith. Men are not a monolith the same way that women are a monolith. And uh, a lot of the things that, that weren't captured caught uh definitely caught me in some moments where uh, I had to refocus my thinking I had to be I had to be taught which which is why I'm getting to a space where I'm more comfortable opening myself up so that the friends that I trust and that care about me genuinely will take the time to educate me or have a conversation with me that can relearn and reteach perspectives that's pretty much the premise of this entire podcast. I'm, I'm all about perspectives. I'm going to say it over and over again. You know, I'm, you know, it's not always about agreeing or disagreeing or one person living their life the same way as I live my life or, you know, you agree with my life or just writing somebody off as a bad person or uh, an evil person just because they're different. Different don't always mean better. We all have different perspectives, and I'm hoping that when I'm, you know, in my little corner of the world, I'm trying to shed light on some of those perspectives. And uh, I'm excited, like I said, about this conversation. I, I really am hoping that if there's some women out there, they're interested in uh, doing the opposite episode, and, uh, and there's some brothers out there. Hope y'all can generate some questions so that we can start bridging the communication gap between men and women, which honestly uh, was on full display this week with, you know, the Oscar situation and Will Smith smacking Chris Rock. Uh, Not getting into my opinion on it right at this moment, 
But what I did see was a, a huge communication gap between men and women. Um, and two sides, I saw a lot of two sides just basically trying to be right instead of listening and trying to figure out why um, why each was having such an emotional reaction to people's lives that, you know, who don't concern them. And they're definitely not worried about y'all, but you know, uh, it's going to be a lot of, you know, a lot of me putting myself into this episode. I'm trying something new, I guess, you know, maybe, maybe, maybe people want more of my personality. I don't know. I'm going to find out, but, uh, let's get started. Uh, piece by piece. Uh, this week's episode of vulnerability is the new sexy. Hope y'all enjoy Okay, so um, just getting started. Um, I'm glad that Brenda's here to co-host this episode. Um, I'm going to kick it off with a few questions, and I'm going to let y'all brothers respond. Uh, a lot of people ask me a bunch of questions, as I'm sure they ask y'all, uh, brothers, about, you know, why men do this and why men do that, and or they come at you with uh, a bunch of assumptions or generalizations about you know, what men are thinking and, and, and it's time to start trying to bridge a little bit of the communication gap uh, between grown men and grown women. And even uh, I'll think from that perspective myself, but the first thing I want to talk about is going to hit um, uh, a few generations. topics touched on in this episode was toxic masculinity there was a question of whether it was a real thing and how how could you describe it and what influence has it had over over us uh, again every time I'm going to cut into this episode it's going to be talking from a lived experience so uh, I, I can't speak for all men I would never try but in my opinion, yes, it is a real thing. Okay, uh, I'm not even sure that's an opinion. That might be something that's actually research. What does it look like? You're talking about actually trying to appear tough, as opposed to actually being tough. Uh, treating sex as a competition, you know, uh, as if you know having sex is some type of accomplishment and not having sex is of some type of failure. Uh, that's toxic masculinity. Resolving your issues with violence or aggression as opposed to being able to attempt to communicate. Now, by all means, know how to fight. Be ready to defend yourself if you need to fight. But uh, there is no in my opinion, accomplishment by starting out your um, your conflict resolution with aggression or violence. And this is something that I spent my life doing or thinking that I had to do and not embracing some of the uh, better qualities of myself or even suppressing my emotions, which is a very strong uh, result of toxic masculinity but getting back to the episode I'll let uh, the other brothers break down their opinions of it and uh, also I'll add some, some something to it uh, in this clip coming up and I want to know from y'all perspective is toxic masculinity a real thing and then how would you describe it if it is, uh, go ahead, go ahead, uh, Derek, you can start it off. Yeah, man. Um, after the recent pandemic and just really sitting in my own mess, I realized toxic masculinity is a real thing. And looking back over my life and seeing how I've treated people, treated women, treated friends, I'm like, man, I need to look in the mirror more. And it just made me reflect on myself, how I was brought up, 
what I heard about masculinity. Never cry, always be tough. Don't show no emotions, have all the answers. And I'm not saying all masculinity is bad, but a lot of it was taught in error. So now we haven't, we're having to redefine it so we can be the whole person, the healthy men that we should be. You know, um, I've done, man, some extensive work on this masculinity thing, being vulnerable open, transparent, uh, showing that it's okay to cry and still be a man. It's okay to show emotions and still be a man. And so uh, for me, it's a personal growth thing. And I love it because we don't have space to share these type of things. Men don't do community like women do. You know, we have to beg brothers, you know, come talk, you know. Uh, and now to have a space like this, Joe, is huge, bro. It's huge. Well, I appreciate that, man. I'm, I'm, I'm definitely, I was definitely inspired by you, uh, Derek, and the group that you put together on Saturdays, uh, and asking me to join. It's a, uh, it's a men's group that Derek put together, where uh, brothers get in there and brothers are vulnerable and open about uh, things that they're experiencing. And uh, that made me want to have this conversation um, so we can put some of this out there. You know, obviously some of the things that get talked about in there would probably, you know, brothers wouldn't be all comfortable bringing it out there. But, but Chris, no. you got, you got uh, any uh, reflections or opinions on that or on that topic? Yeah, I, for me, it's, you know, I, I grew up with two parent households. So, you know, I've never heard my dad curse. You know, I never, you know, don't, parents always have arguments and stuff like that along the way. But for me, it was like, I never seen my dad cry either, you know, but, but I, you know, until his brother passed, then it was like, Whoa, that was a little brother, you know, but that showed me that, Hey, you can still be you and still be the person you need to be as far as the foundation for other people, you know? So throughout life, I've always used that as a baseline to say, Hey, in situations where even if you feel like you need help and somebody next to you needs help, like be sturdy, but don't mean you can't have your emotions too. So I think today, as far as like talking to each other about it, like last time we caught up in a while, Joe, it was kind of like, wow, I told my brother, like, man, Joe, his voice is different. He, you know, it's different. You know what I mean? Like it wasn't just, the, you know, how we joked about the sexy voice, KMOJ voice. It was more like, <laughs> hey, you know, he, he's, he calm, slowed down. And I think that's the difference from what I saw then to now. And it's like, I think it's great. You know, because we all need brothers at the same level to be able to relate to and get it off your chest and move on with your day to day. So I think it's, I think it's a thing that we got to break down overall. Derek, you brought up that men, um, you know, with the toxic mix masculinity, that men are taught not to be certain things. Like you can't cry, you can't show emotions. Um, does that mean that you? Uh, repress those emotions or do you all have those emotions you just deal with them in private so like crying or um having like some kind of um emotional like breakdowns brenda i can tell you this uh I, for some reason i was always an emotional person uh, and so although i was taught not to show any emotions not to you know, let stuff out like that. Yeah, most of the time I dealt with it on my own in private or with my brother. He and I are very close. Um, but it it does make you shut down, not knowing how to express those emotions or they come out in anger, drug use, abusing women, and all kind of other avenues because that that anger has to be displaced somewhere. It could be bad financial management, uh, uh, not knowing how to connect socially. So I was taught that and I had to deal with it really and just learn on the go. And as I evolved as a man, but my mother always taught us that, hey, you can cry. But my dad was like, no, don't cry. You know, so, yeah. But you have emotions. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> yes. Yes. I tell my 
I tell my wife all the time, if you see me cry, you're seeing my strength. Yes. Okay. Wow. Because I'm because I'm letting you into a space that's most of the time private and vulnerable for men. Yes. So yeah, we do have emotions and we can be emotional beings. As a matter of fact, Brenda, contrary to popular belief, <laughs> men are more emotional than women. We just display it differently. I agree with that. <laughs> Chris, what about yep. you? Are, are there, uh, Chris, what about you? What would what would you think about men and emotions? It it never really bothered me, uh, just because you know, uh, growing up, you know, it was real diverse. Growing over, you know, Minneapolis, it was, so you you always had people that were exploring themselves in a different way. Whether it was the 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 dark clothes when no one else was doing it, you know, that same color, it was always something. So you learned to accept it. So I think that's why for me it was like having those emotions were easy to transparent, you know, into the rest of the world growing up. So for me. Oh, wow. So you, you, you haven't found it hard to express your emotions. Um, I think at times, you know, just because sometimes when you're, you know, that you're probably possibly the strongest person in the room, mm -hmm. it's, it's hard to find a shoulder that's at the same level that you need at that moment, mm -hmm. you know? Um, and that's, I think that's more or less like, you know, how we spoke to uh, trusting each other a little bit more. You know, in your inner circle, my family and Rogers were really close, you know, but at the same time, you know, you spend more time with your friends growing up, you know, just because you're spending night at each other's house and things like that. So definitely, I think it's a challenge. Um, I think my path was just different, but definitely a challenge. At best. Joe, you get to answer this one, too. <laughs> oh, boy. I got to hear this one. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah, as Chris knows, I definitely am an emotional person. Uh, uh, anger is usually how that manifests. It, it comes out or how it was manifesting before I try to go out and seek some healing. But um, because I grew up with traumatic situations that were kind of that, that, that go unspoken or hidden, like, you know, watching domestic violence um, and crazy enough, people don't really, didn't really have a whole lot of discussions with me about when my mother passed away as a teenager. So uh, and if you're around certain groups like I was um, that don't experience those same circumstances, I'd express myself uh, healthy. So I hope that answers. Wow. wow. Hey, I, hey, Chris, you said you mentioned that you didn't never have a problem expressing your emotions. Were you comfortable expressing your emotions with women that you were dating, mm -hmm. not just friends, but with women? I was uh, just because my my dad's side he has a, a lot all pretty much all sisters. My mom's side is all sisters. Gotcha. So we grew up where you know the guys the men were the men that were strong were there, but we knew who ran the household. <laughs> so <laughs> right. you know, so right. you know you, you you already knew where your lane was. So but you know yeah. it definitely you knew who to go to and who like hey that's not the time. <laughs> Did, did you have any challenges with the women that you were dating if if you expressed any emotion I, I think for me it was it was it was, i think it was challenging just because i'm more or less a transparent person i'm not a person who wants to argue so gotcha. you know my emotions is like hey i'm i'm, I'm being transparent emotions but it's the communications may not be clear you know gotcha. what the intentions are at that point so yeah. gotcha. description of you, man. that's a perfect description of you man <laughs> honest, honest, straight to the point. But I'm not going to go back and forth with you all once again. That's good. You know, my lived experience, I didn't get an opportunity to grow up with a consistent father figure. Uh, you'll hear later on in later episodes when I tell my own personal story you know my, you know, my father left uh, when I was four or five years old and I, I didn't really see him again until uh, you know after my mother had passed so my lived experiences are going to be different my than, than some other men my opinions are going to be based off lived experiences. That's perspective. 
there's certain things that I witnessed from the men in front of me that influence the way that I believe uh, life happens. And, you know, that's that kind of comes out a little bit in this episode. And if you're paying attention, see if you can spot some of the differences between the answers that uh, myself, Chris and Derek have. We all have lived different experiences, as uh, as you hear Chris and Derek describe uh, in the episode. Man, you said something in there that uh, that kind of makes me reflect. Uh, you, like you said, you grew up two parent household. Your father was right there. Your father's an amazing man, uh, and I know how you view your father. I know how people in the community view your father. This is a you got visually got to see and grow up with a black male hero right in front of you, and so I'm interested to see how. I don't know, Derek. Derek, I don't know your situation as far as your father, but I didn't have one uh, for real. So I'm interested to see how those perspectives come out between uh, uh, Chris and I and whoever uh, had that role model sitting right in front of him. Um, to see a man who was strong, took care of his family, still strong, still quiet. Um, and like you said, you never saw him cry until he had to. And then that was something that you obviously remembered. Had an impact. Yeah, Joe, my dad was there. I grew up in a two-parent household too. He was there, but he wasn't there. If that mm-hmm. makes sense. Yeah, he oh, worked. Yeah. He, yeah, he worked uh, at least two or three jobs all the time. And although he was he was a great provider, he wasn't a great father because he was gone all the time. You know, so right. it's a difference. Yeah. If I could say something in this moment to younger men and younger women, it would be to learn to build communication skills. I I really don't like giving advice anymore. I've kind of gone away from that uh, as I'm someone who who has given advice, a lot of advice over the years. And I'm not really sure or feel that I'm exactly qualified to do any of that. But in my lived experience, in my professional experience, as a teacher and now as a therapist, I can say that I would hope for younger people to learn. First of all, young men learn how to communicate and be vulnerable with each other because the communication that you can have with other men is so helpful. Uh, If you get an opportunity to build a community of men trying to accomplish and do the same things that you're trying to do, uh, then you know that influence can increase your potential by I, I can't even I can't quantify it but but I would say that learning to communicate healthy with other men early and, and learning how to be vulnerable in the spaces with other men will help increase your communication in the future with your partner. You know, I'm not going to say partner because, you know. But for younger women, I would say also learn how to communicate. Learn how to be able to say what it is that you feel. Say what it is that you need so that you're not learning how to put on mask and pretend to be someone you're not and eventually leading yourself to hurt because you didn't know how to just say, you know, this hurts my feelings. This is a boundary I'm not willing to cross. Uh, And in combination with younger people learning how to communicate with each other, you can set expectations that will not lead you to cause each other pain. Potentially less pain. That sounds very unrealistic, but I do know that communication is not taught at an early age healthy communication and I mean textbook communication 
It's not taught at an early age. And it should be. And it should be. All right. All you guys um, talk. So all of you have emotions. You guys are all um, talking about either struggling or being able to be expressive about your emotions. Um, um, I know, Derek, for sure, you said you kind of talked a lot with your brother. Um, Are there other men in your life that you guys are able to talk to and kind of be real and vulnerable? Or is that something that you kind of just pick one person and then that's it. Like you guys bottle up everything with everybody else. No, it was a couple of people that I can say uh, we showed those emotions to, but that, that, that circle was small. Mm-hmm. You know, that circle was real small. Men growing up a lot of times can't handle other men being emotional. And so, uh, but you learn to trust who you can trust. You learn to, um, as you go along and meet the people who are open to it, and within that small circle, you can be open and honest and transparent. And to this day, uh, probably have about two or three people in our group that I can say, man, we can share anything uh, and it won't be judged, you know, along with uh, the group that I have now. Joe has seen it firsthand. And, uh, and how does but, that feel for you with that? How does that Oh, um, groundbreaking, um, refreshing, freedom, freedom. Yeah, freedom. Joe or Chris? I'll go. Um, For me, it's, I have, all my friends are, you know, we we vibe on different levels, you know, so, you know, I have the ones that I grew up with, that grew up like in the neighborhood radius and the ones that I met after, you know, as after during college days, which was like definitely Joe. So, they knew me at different times. So like, even the ones for childhood, even I can reach out to them and we can have a conversation. Like I have a friend that lives in Mississippi, well, sorry, Kentucky now. I can call him and I haven't seen him literally since the right after high school one year. But if he needs something, I'm there, text message, whatever, we're there. But like somebody like Joe, we probably talk like once every couple months and we could, we could talk as if we had just had dinner the last night, you know? And, you know, if we talk, he knows, that I'm real and he's real, I can be vulnerable with that. I have another friend, you know, Carlos, Marcus, just everybody who's all spread out, you know, that I can, you know, reach out to for different parts. You know, most of all, I have a big brother who's just like four years older than me. So he's, he's definitely knows who I am and I can, I can unload on him anytime I want, which is a good uh, avenue that's just always been there. I mean, my brother, I've never had a bad relationship. So for me, that's probably my rock out of all of it. But I definitely sprinkle my emotions out a little, you know, depending on the, definitely who the friend at that time is, yeah. <laughs> for yeah. sure. And how does it make you feel when you're able to do it? Like, does it make you nervous or are you, are you good with it because you have a good relationship with that person? Um, for me, it's, 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 I'm past the nervousness now just because, you know, they, we broke ground when we've grown up at different times so the hard part is kind of past but at those times it definitely I would say it was at, at different times you know like hey when you're trying to find what career I want to take I have a degree what am I going to do with it you know those kind of things you know but I think now I can easily call someone and let it go and not feel bad not feel a certain way after like what did they how did they take that I don't worry about that you want to answer that Joe or you want yeah no, it's, no I'll just I'll be quick about it no um I, to piggyback a little bit off what Chris says, man, when you you have a, a male friend group, you kind of know where to go for certain things. Um, but as far as like uh, support and like being open and vulnerable, like I didn't, you know, no, no father, didn't have a big brother, didn't have a grandfather. I didn't learn to have those communications. So um, I never sought them out. Like, I don't know how. I grew up not knowing how to open myself up to other men. Um, and I didn't really have real conversations with other men until I was in my late thirties. And I just happened to fall into a men's Bible study group and I got a taste of it. And then I get into Derek's group and it was the, you know, most, uh, I don't know, like you said, freedom. It's, it's a freeing thing to see that 
I mean, brothers is really going through a lot of the same things and, and certain things that they're not going through that they're not talking about. Like you listen to a brother go through some stuff and you're like, you're not judging him for what he's going through. And he's not judging you because we all understand the trials, you know, and we all understand that there's no outlets or there's not enough outlets for us to, to you know, because, hey, being honest, there's a certain expectation even amongst your women that you have a certain level of strength. And it's, uh, you know, not always looked upon as attractive for a man to break down or to show uh, any level of uh, lack of confidence. So what do you try to, you try to put it out there that you got it all together or you, or you know you will have it all together and really you're breaking down inside. So um, to, to answer your question, it's, it's very liberating and necessary. I'm gonna use the word necessary. And if any man is out there listening, find yourself a group of men to fellowship with because it's very necessary. Um, it's really, it's, it sounds like it's either uh, you've had it for a long time, you've had the male support or you, like Joe, you're saying you're just finding it um, and you're telling people to kind of find that group for young men out there and especially when they're expressing them in ways that are harmful to themselves or to people that they love. Cause I don't believe that just because someone is abusive or on drugs or something like they don't know how to love, right guys? Like it means that they're not taught how to express those emotions. So how would you, um, or what advice can you give them on how to find those safe spaces in those places because it is an important, um, I think that's an important piece if we're talking about giving them room to express those emotions. How would they go about finding those groups? I'll start with this one. As somebody who's taught and coached for many, many years, had access to a lot of young men over the time, over, over a long period of time, um, I'm finding myself reflecting over that time, thinking about the fact that I didn't really teach emotional learning skills to these young men. So to say what advice would I have for them, I have more advice for our, our generation to create these spaces, to uh, you know, create these forums and teach these young men how to talk to each other and let them know it's all right to have these conversations with each other and you know, get some of this stuff off your chest. Um, yeah, I, I, would, I would more say that and then Hopefully, if we get if we get a hold of enough young brothers, we can show them what you know that there's no weakness and vulnerability. There's no weakness and vulnerability. Um, the weakness is trying to pretend you're somebody you're not, or trying to fit yourself in the spaces where you don't belong. That's where the weakness is. Um, so yeah, I'll let your brothers have it after that. I'm gonna go. I think um, one thing that where I found it was just you find it through sports, you know, being able to coach and teach and uh, not teach, but mentor uh, in the schools, you, you see what people are struggling with. You know, one thing that one of the coaches that coached with me, he was, he was older than me and he was from a different uh, upbringing than I was, but he was a friend of my brother. So it, we were able to bring like, Hey, this is one side of it. And this is the other side. You can both be successful. And that's when Joe was still coaching the same school and one thing I found we, we taught more than anything was just how to deal with pressure. I mean, sometimes the basketball whole discussion was how to, how to handle pressure because our kids, were, they were struggling with how to deal with teachers. They were getting into it with school. I mean, you're seeing kids in the same classroom that wouldn't even say, hey, I have an A, you have an F, and you're in the same team. You know, help your teammates. I mean, those are things that we would constantly teach. And one thing we noticed, it, it just we did, it seemed like it was foreign but they didn't know that they can actually ask someone right in front of them for help. You know, I stress with my son all the time, ask for help. Sometimes we are too, we grow up too fast and we forget you, there's always something to learn, be a sponge. You know, you learn a lot from each other and, you know, and not having those avenues of church groups. You know, we used to have men's, men's overnight at church. You know, we played basketball, we ate, and we talked about it. You know, what issues are you dealing with? Whether it was, you know, gender, whether it was girls, or just, how to introduce yourself to whatever religion you want to be in. Ours was at that time, you know, those avenues are there. That is definitely about getting it out there, 
you know, to introduce more people, good people like people on this podcast right now. And Brenda, I would say, number one, find them where they are. Be relatable. Uh, don't, don't be over spiritual with them. Be open, transparent, invite them to groups uh, and show them that there's a safe space. Uh, like Joe said, you know, more of our generation need to pick our game up and invite them, bring them on and show them, hey, this is real. You know, uh, you can be vulnerable and, be, and still be manly. You can cry and still be manly. Uh, but we have to reach out to them, show them there's a safe space and be the example. And like Joe said, show them how to increase their emotional intelligence. You do that, they will start thinking about how to handle and channel those emotions in better ways. Go out there and put them people in our business. How many times did you hear that growing up? You know, stuff that goes on inside your home is is meant to stay in the home. And with good reason. I'm not going to pretend like you can go out there and trust every single body in this system, the education system, the legal system, because everybody's not for you. However, the stigma placed on mental illness, especially in the black community amongst black men, has been really debilitating to us because mental illness is prevalent. The experiences that a lot of us face when you're talking about, uh, not for everybody now, I'm just saying for a, a lot of people that you may know, poverty, racism, you know, like I said, with the toxic masculinity, uh, things that, uh, you know, and, and many other forms of mental illness. We just writing people off as crazy. You know, I myself, you know, have family member, very close family member that suffers from a mental illness. And as a grown person, I realized that that person didn't get the proper help, you know, that they could have that, that could have basically gave them a higher quality of life and not only them the trickle down effect of uh, their children and their children's children and it it can cause broken families mental health is important therapy is necessary you can be healthier your experiences your traumas they're not normal you don't deserve them and, you know, black men, we got to get ourselves in therapy and our healing. I'm sounding a little preachy right now. And I don't want to sound preachy, but I just I just feel like our healing could heal a community. My healing, my father's healing, my mother's healing, my grandmother's healing, my grandfather's healing passed down generational healing it could have passed down generational healing uh, I'm just feeling fortunate enough that I was able to go and, you know and I'm not healed but I understand enough about healing to at least pass pass down a little more healing than trauma is what I'm hoping I have an understanding that I want to do that that it's necessary now, whether I succeed or not is yet to be seen, but uh, brothers, get in therapy. It's all right. Um, have any of you guys ever been to therapy? I'm in therapy. <laughs> <laughs> Individual and couple. And, yeah. and how do you feel about the therapeutic process? And do you find it valuable? Life-changing, invaluable. Because there are some spaces individually and as a husband that I don't know how to navigate. One thing that also men are taught 
we got to have all the answers. You don't. You're not God, okay? You don't. And having somebody to help you navigate those difficult spaces will it'll bring clarity to your mind and peace. So uh, I'm a big advocate for therapy, big advocate. Uh, I haven't actually gone through direct therapy, not directly for myself. I haven't. Um, so I really don't have that experience, uh, but I, I would like to explore it as an option uh, in the future here for me. What what makes you want to explore it? Um, my wife was doing, you know, some health concerns, you know, and just going through different, you know, so I, I sat in with her, you know, because, you know, to the foundation, I talked to the husband. So, you know, I did that with her and I felt I felt it was very beneficial for my wife, you know, and I took things away from it, even though it wasn't for me at that time. So it's something, you know, I want to be able to put on my, my calendar for myself. Uh, for me, uh, I have definitely gone through therapy. I've tried many times throughout the years uh, since my mother died at 15. I'm 41 now. Uh, and it never really took. Uh, fortunately, you know, it really wasn't uh, pressed upon me when it should have been. And, um, and even tying back into the beginnings of our conversation, I kept trying to find black women. Like that's the only people I wanted to talk to. I didn't want to sit around with no man. Uh, and I didn't want to sit down with somebody from a different race. And uh, it didn't, you know, it kept uh, bouncing, bouncing me out, bouncing me out. And I ended up being forced into a situation where, and I said this on many episodes, that uh, I ended up having a, 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 a gay white man as my therapist. And he's been my therapist for the last three plus years and it's been uh really one of the best things that ever happened to me uh he helped me try to understand um and understand who i was where i came from give myself grace uh from from my experiences um you know and it increased my social i mean my emotional learning you know so yeah therapy is i'm out there telling everybody who listen brothers get into therapy you know, what, what we're experiencing, the things we talk about on a normal and we think are normal are not normal. These things, experiences you're having are not normal, you know, and, uh, and we need to start acknowledging that. Therapy, I feel like sometimes has this like uh, negative connotation with it, right? Like something's wrong with you if you have to go, but at, um, I mean, even you, Chris, who were saying you didn't go for you, but you took something away from it, right? It helps you be able to process all the emotions that you're feeling, but they can, instead of you being triggered and then reacting in a negative way, you're still going to be triggered, but you're able to really um, channel those emotions in a more much healthier way, right? Because we're going to feel those emotions no matter what. Um, they're coming out. <laughs> yeah, they're going to come out. And um as men, um, you know, think about therapy, you know, they, they say that women, oh, we talk to our friends and it's like therapy, but really girls shouldn't even just be talking to their friends for therapy, right? Like we all should really have that non-biased um, person who's helping you navigate those emotions. Um, how would you suggest for younger men or men our age or much older um, who've never thought of therapy, like they didn't talk about their emotions, like our great, our grandparents or our parents' um, generation, they just, that wasn't what they were taught to do. How do we um, begin to integrate that for young men or even men your same age group that may not have engaged that way? Um, I would say, this is how I look at it, Brenda. It's a part of my lifestyle, just like I go to the doctor. If my physical body is sick, you go to a doctor. If your mind, if you're having challenges, go to a doctor. Yep. And it's just a part of my lifestyle. And I think we have to change that narrative, especially in the Black community around therapy. Just because you go to therapy don't mean you're crazy. For me, if you don't go to therapy, I think it's something wrong with you. Because, <laughs> because you need help mentally just like you need help physically yeah. so i i just end any debate around it because i say well if if your body is is aching you go get help if your mind is aching go get help so it just kills all the debating 
that's so that's my suggestion. Yeah. Go ahead, Chris. Um, I, I for me it wouldn't even be a discussion if you know if someone said, "Hey, you need therapy. You need to go." You know, for sure, for me, it's like I would just continue to just say, "Hey, it's okay to get it out there." Speaking from a person who hasn't been there directly for myself, I don't want to put words in anyone's mouth. But for me, it's like what I see my wife and then seeing, you know, just talking to people has done for me, just getting things off my chest. That, that that makes me better as a man, in my opinion, just because I know I'm not second guessing myself. When I go somewhere, I don't not worried about what I dress compared to whoever else is there. I go how I am. And, you know, so for me, it's like any avenue that provides you to be able to speak your truth and be positive, take advantage of it, you know, and that's from a person who hasn't sat down on a couch, anybody's couch to discuss, but as a person that knows it is beneficial because I've seen it in different forms. Um, a couple of minds about this as someone who's been a teacher, was a teacher for many, many years. Um, I feel like, how do we introduce it? Uh, the school system is totally destroyed and it needs to be really part of the curriculum, uh, uh emotional learning, emotional wellness. Um, that's how we need to introduce it to the young people. But if we can't do it that way, then, um, like I said, it's gotta be a community of mentors that put it out there and and make these these therapists available or show them the way to them. Now for me, transitioning out of teaching and into being a therapist, I've seen uh, different age levels of clients in my time, in my year and a half doing this so far. And yeah, it is uncomfortable with the older brothers. Like they don't feel comfortable expressing and opening themselves up and mostly what i see is uh is couples so even in even in the room with you know their most trusted partner uh they don't feel comfortable telling most of the time their female counterparts uh things about them that they want or things that they need emotionally that's the biggest mm -hmm. thing i see men have the wow. struggles of because they're afraid most times of the reaction from their wives. So uh, I'm, I'm, I'm saying this, trying to answer your question. Just, I'm, I'm still trying to figure out how we get the other, but it, what I've learned and what I had the best experience, what I'm going to say is being straight up direct, like brother, you're, you're lying. Or like, I mean, just tell you straight, like brother, I'm a man too. Okay. All right. I know you lying. So let's <laughs> no, you oh, lying, man. Just be real. Just be real, man. Just be, just be real. Right. Well, you you already start. blew. You messed up. You got caught. Okay. This woman hasn't left. So the fact that she's still right. sitting here is, you know, like she's sitting here with the receipts and you still over here trying to cover it up. Right. It's right. over, man, bro. Man, man. It. <laughs> now she didn't leave. She didn't right. leave. So let's let's just talk about why you did what you did. Yes. So she can understand because that's really all she wants. You know? And uh and that seems to get the brothers to be like, wow, a space where I can be honest. Mm -hmm. Wow. You know, so that's that's been my experience with it. touch on what what it looks like uh, or what someone would look for in a successful relationship. Now you're talking to three married men so the, the, the point is kind of mute but you know knowing what I know now well, what would I look for I would look for healthy communication someone that understands boundaries but mainly my experience lived experience and again my experience as a couples counselor tells me that Men need validation, they need affirmation, and when you don't have that, that's usually when you see weakness in the relationship. And affirming and validating your man does not have to come at the expense of validating and affirming your woman. Both things can happen. And that's what I mean about bridging the gap of communication. Because if you heard me say I need validation and affirmation and your response was me too, then we're already missing the point. We're already missing the point. 
but let's see what let's see what happens in the episode. All right, guys. So um, I think all of you have hit on it um, at one point or another. You guys are all married. You have spouses that are women (laughs) and that you have to learn how to communicate with. Um, So so I want you to answer it in two parts, right? Like when you are single, but also then being married. Um, What ingredients do you feel are necessary to be able to communicate while dating and then also communicate being married. Go ahead, Chris. Derek usually says, oh, I'm gonna take it. Oh, I'm gonna take it. This one he was like. <laughs> All right. So I think uh just dating, it was it was, I think the hardest was just setting expectations where it was just like, you know, Hey, I don't going out and stuff is fine, but just give me the heads up, you know? So if something takes happens or you're seen with somebody, I'm not, Oh, that's my girlfriend overdoing that. You you know, it it throws off negative expectations and you come to my parents' house or wherever, you know, those type of things. Cause you know, we all grew up differently. So it was always, you know, what's okay over there is not okay over here. And I think, getting married is just completely just communication and stand, you know, and respecting everybody's needs as far as space, you know, if, Hey, if I need, sometimes you, you don't wake up on the right side of the bed. So it's okay. To, it's okay. Once you can get, we, we call it get back to center in our house. It's like, Hey, you know, I had a bad day, but you know, something I learned from my parents, you don't go to sleep mad. You can always right. get back to the discussion if it's that bad. And I, 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 I had that in my wife, you know, she'll tell you like she's absorbed different things like that. And I, although obviously I take things from her, but it's different when communication is so important. Expectations is like you should have had that by now. And I was just about direct communication, what I need and how do you know, how do I get what I, I need to be a part of at that time? So communication, yeah. communication is that major in, ingredient. Number one for me, yep. number one. Yeah, I could I could definitely agree. When dating Brenda, I don't think I overly communicated much. You know, I communicated what I wanted to yeah. versus now, you know, I'm learning to I have to over communicate, be direct. Um and like you said, uh giving people that space to learn and grow and evolve, uh, and being sensitive to her mental space and her needs as well um in communication i thought i communicated well but when you get married you find out now you got work to do bro <laughs> you think i work to do i mean just yesterday you know, my wife said communicate i said okay okay you know so yeah it's work with effective communication and consistent communication i'm seeing is helping us as a couple, yeah. Both teams play hard. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's all I got. That's a no comment. That was good. Dating, dating, man. I I never dated in a healthy headspace. So mm. so never got an opportunity to set expectations for healthy relationship. Mm. So uh, that didn't happen for me in the beginning. What I've learned in marriage is just like Derek said, I thought I was, I thought I communicated well and, you know, I wasn't the worst at it, but um, I I definitely had some work to do. And one of the things that I had to do was being able to validate somebody else's reality. Mm. Mm. Just because I think that I, am right or coming from a perspective that's right even if we don't agree um i at least need to understand what it is you're trying to say or communicate um so what makes you know like what are the ingredients for communication is for me i have to be an active listener you know and then 
listening to understand versus trying to listen to respond. Let me figure out what it is you're trying to tell me um, and then make sure I got it before I say anything. Yeah. You know, and mm -hmm. what I'm learning now, my wife is, you know, when you communicate, it's for one or two reasons. You're either trying to vent or you're trying to solve a problem. Let me figure out which one you're on right now. Because sometimes you just want to vent and I'm, um, or sometimes she's trying to solve a problem. I'm like, you know, just let her talk. Mm -hmm. Oh, you're not going to say nothing? I mean, oh, what? Is this the time? Is this Yo, the time? It's a beautiful <laughs> you know, It's a beautiful ministry. Time, they it's don't know art. what they you know what I'm saying? It's so, art. You know. Don't try to figure it out. That's, it's yeah. a constant work in progress, right? Like it is. Um, kind of breaking down like the stereotypes that we have in our brain and what we've grown up around and what we of uh, think things should be versus what reality is, right? And what reality is once you really get into a relationship and there's a whole human being with their own life and situations that they've gone through their own secrets that things have happened to them right and you're coming together women are supposed to be oh you know it all or you know you're supposed to be the best at communication because that's what you were taught to do but it's the in truth unless you actually work at it it's not everybody's working on trying to do better Right, you right. guys are you guys aren't all wrong. Let me let me say this too. <laughs> let me say this too, uh, Brenda. Um, if you don't give him the room and a comfort level to say some of the things that are bothering him, he will hide those things, lie about those things, internalize those things, and the behavior that comes out of that is not going to be something you enjoy. Because all of that takes emotional strength, right? Like one hundred percent. 100%. Big mistake. The biggest mistake I see a lot of men doing is, is defensiveness. It's the worst thing you could do. The minute they say, you know, uh, I don't like the way you do something. Well, I was doing it that way because, you know, I had in the past, blah, 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 instead of saying, why don't you, what is it, what do you, what do you need? Or, you know, trying to understand, why don't you like that? You know, mm -hmm. instead of immediately trying to defend why you're doing something that she doesn't like. Uh, so big mistake. Got to stop doing that, fellas. You don't have to win the discussion. You don't need to win. You don't need to win the discussion. No, Make sure everything is is mm -hmm. calm when it's over. You don't need to win the discussion. Well, you can't hey, win, right. brother. <laughs> right. Derek, Derek right. said right. he's learning that now. <laughs> I'm learning that now because I'm big on I'm big on this, Brenda. Let me give you context to why I'm doing this. Yeah. Right. What What is it that's gonna be like? Yeah, this is gonna. I want to settle down. I want to be committed. What is it that makes you kind of feel that way or get there? I think it's a combination of things, Brenda. Uh, for me, uh, it's interesting because I had this conversation with my brother and my wife, two home to mom. You're just not, you know. But then there are some. <laughs> no, you're not. You know, what is you it may that, like them. Why you wouldn't bring them home to mama? Scallywags. Because <laughs> <laughs> why? <laughs> some scallywags. It's, <laughs> right, right. It's all <laughs> You may like that. Don't be doing the women like that. Don't do the women. You may, you may like that foolishness. You may like that foolishness, but you ain't bringing that foolishness home. You know, uh, and uh, and I think it's the maturity of the man. You know, when you realize. Uh, that you do want a life partner and you do want to spend your life with somebody, you realize, okay. And I don't think it has to do with timing. I think it has to do more with the maturity of the men because I've seen some young men get married, uh, uh, older men in between. Uh, and for me, I knew that I wanted to do purpose with someone. And uh, when getting ready, what I didn't want to do is say, well, when I'm financially ready, then I'll be ready. That could be never, <laughs> you know, <laughs> right? You could have a job one day and, and not the, the next. So I knew that I wanted to do purpose with someone and I knew that I was ready to settle down and do life with her. So is it logical or emotional? For me, both. Both. This is who I want to spend my life with and do life with. 
uh, and after having multiple conversations and spending time with her. And I, be, the woman that I chose to be with this time was different because I had to date her differently because we dated during the pandemic. We couldn't go out anywhere. So we had to go over each other's house and talk, you know, <laughs> and relate. You know, it was easy to go out in a public place and, sh and act like all is good. But during the pandemic, it was shut down, you know. So it was those combination of things that prepared me to be with the woman that I wanted to do life with. I'm thinking back what Derek said. I, for me, it was logical and emotional just because it's, you know, emotional, you're, you're, you're attracted to that, that person, not my wife, you know. And, you know, logical is, you know, having a wife was, my, was a vision in order to continue to grow my family. So you're asking a 41-year-old Joe about a decision he made as a 27-year-old Joe. Now, that's not to say I, I don't regret any decision that I made. I made the right choice. But why I made a decision to uh, then would not be the same reason that I'll make it today. At 27 uh, or 26, when I decided to marry Donna, it was just simply a matter of one question. Can I picture my life without her? Or did I want to picture my life without her? And the answer was no. So as somebody who agonizes over very, every little decision that I make, that was a very easy decision for me to go get that ring. Mm -hmm. um, now, now we don't know, you know, it, in, my, in my current mind, it would be more about first and foremost, the communication. That's it. I really hope you enjoyed what I was able to piece together for you. Uh, try to give you a complete episode. Uh, as always, I'm really interested in your feedback. Uh, I tried to put more of my own personality in some of this episode. A lot of that got lost with the uh, technology failure. Um, I want to be able with this podcast to show all the different versions of myself my whole dynamic you know yes I'm very serious at times but I'm also you know I'm kind of funny too uh, and I do smile and I do laugh and you know but I'm, I, I also go through things I'm going through something very serious right now and it's causing me not to be able to be comfortable and almost a little insecure putting my full personality out there um, but you know a story is coming and uh, I want you all to be able to take that ride with me when I'm ready to, you know, when I'm ready to take it myself. And with this episode, just kind of opening up to some of the vulnerabilities that that black men face, that men face in general. Um, the questions that you all had will get answered. If you send in a question and I didn't get to it. I did get to it and I don't want to mess up. The, I don't want to cheapen it by trying to respond to it myself. And uh, the, the brothers that, that I had on the episode gave really great answers to a lot of the questions. And um, in a future episode, we'll have them back and, and add some, some ladies to the episode and, uh, and have that discussion. So it's coming, y'all. It's coming, y'all. That's the cool thing about uh, having your own platform or starting your own platform. You can uh, go by your own rules. Um, like I said, man, I'm really trying to put more of myself into these things and, and get comfortable, you know, get comfortable being completely who I am uh, and unapologetic about it. Uh, I will say this you learn doing this type of things that those who are for you are for you and when you go through something serious you're going to find out who's really with you I'm going through something serious I'm finding out who's really with me and if you listened all the way to this point of the episode I want you to know that I really appreciate it like like really appreciate it um and this, this this podcast is going to keep going. I work very, very hard 
at this and don't get a dime for it. But it's very important to kind of do what I can do in my little corner of the world. Um, I hope y'all enjoying the show. I hope y'all continue to follow the show. I hope y'all help share, grow, grow the show. If you believe in the things that I'm saying or you like the conversations that I'm having or if you want to have more conversations, you can reach out to me, you know, through the uh, through the Instagram. The, the, the show has its own Instagram. Vulnerability is the new sexy. Um, you know, you can reach out to me on Twitter. You can reach out to me on Snapchat. Uh, Snapchat. TikTok. Excuse me. Um, it's really late. I'm being real with y'all. It's really late, but I'm about to close it down and put this episode out. Uh, like I said, thank you again for listening. Love y'all. I'll see you next time.